This is Four Thoughts of Our Founders, the Higher Education Leadership Foundations podcast, and we're talking to Dr. Jason L. Merriweather, and and he is um, in a space where I think he's uniquely um, uh, situated to really have agency to talk about um, these uh, this plaguing issue um, that I'm hoping someday, one day, uh, will no longer be. I, I, that it, It'll just be a hope, Jason, because I don't think it'll ever go away, and, and largely because of our inability to get rid of what I believe two people. And, and I'm, I'm hoping that, that Ross and Jones and yourself and Kimbrough and the other folks who committed to, uh, to this work um, have found some threads in this. But I posit that if we can get rid of the men and women in these uh, chapters who are doing the work, right? They're singing the uh, no hazing. I'm talking about grad chapters and in the, in in the uh, professional ranks of the the organizations, the fraternities and sororities. If we can get rid of those bike sliders in that space and the old heads and old females who come on campus now. There are some good dudes who come around who are 30 or so, but I always tell young kids like, how does a guy or a girl, and this sounds much worse than, than what it is, how, who didn't finish college or is working at a call center, graduated and working at a call center, how do you give them autonomy and superiority and have respect? Like we, we talk about, excellence being a standard, I would gander to say that they're not modeling excellence. How do you find yourself under the spell of these folks? And I know why, but I'm just saying if we can get rid of those two elements, I think we put a huge dent in, in this, this fight to eradicate this, this vicious cycle of, of, of hazing. What, what are your thoughts about that? So, I'm going to frame it this way. I don't believe hazing is going to stop. Okay. I don't. I want it to. Mm -hmm. I'm trying for it to. But at the point, I'm just trying to save the the next life that I can save. The next life that I can save. So you're you're in mitigation now. You you just, that's it for you. Mitigation is all we can do. Yes. I, I do not romanticize that hazing will stop because if it was going to stop, it would have stopped after 2002. After it became um, a law to, to hate. Well, 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 actually, well, we're, we're going to take it deeper than that. Um, we're going to look at, if, if we're going to look at the law, you know, those things changed in the 90s. But we went, we went deeper underground, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But let, let's look at, um, let's, let's look at 2002 and look at uh, Cal State L.A. Mm-hmm. And look at the the drowning that Not happened in involving Alpha, Alpha Kappa Alpha. Mm-hmm. Okay, now obviously there was a settlement. You know there there are different whispers about what the amounts may be, but at the end of the day, you know if you look at what happened, we we don't all know the amount of the settlement. Okay, but we know the two women drowned. That's what we know, mm-hmm. right? Well, there, there's no question. About that, that happened. Indisputable. And so, it, it, it's right. So at that point, 
my question for you is, why wasn't that enough? Why wasn't it enough to say these two beautiful sisters have died at the hands of a sorority that we we treasure, right? Well, why wasn't that enough? Why wasn't that the point where we said, okay, that's it? So you have Kanita Safir, who is dead. You have Kristen High, who had what I believe at the time was a three or four-year-old daughter who's grown up the last 18 years without her mother for the sake of pledging a sorority. Mm. What are we really doing? So why wasn't that the push point? Uh, But it wasn't. So then, you know, you get, if you Google uh, Johnson C. Smith, Mm -hmm. you know, you you, you see the the six young men, um, I think about four or five years ago from Omega Sci-Fi were arrested, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, my own fraternity, because because look, I, I don't have jokes for this one, and I don't spare us either. My own fraternity went without an alpha chapter for years. Still have hazing stuff happening. One of the preeminent preeminent hazing cases that I cite is the Sylvester Lloyd versus Alpha by Alpha case from Cornell. You know, so you, you would say, okay, maybe that's enough. But then, as I'm writing my book, okay, so the book just dropped in March. Mm-hmm. I was I was done editing probably around October. By December, I had to call my publisher and say, hey, I, I need you to open the books back up for me. And, <laughs> and my publisher was like, what's going on? I said, well, look, look. So in October, <laughs> in, in October and November, there were four deaths. There was one at Penn State, one at San Diego State, one at Washington State, and one at, uh, where's the other, at Cornell again. So, it, and so I had to go back. And I had to refine and, and, and add that, that, that that happened in that period of time. So then we stop editing. We go back and forth. December, okay, we're done. We just have to, you know, get the cover, put fish in mm. the cover. Okay? <laughs> no, no. So then uh, your fraternity brother and, and my good friend Ricky Hall at mm-hmm. Lehigh University in January, he stopped all, all Greek life activities on campus. Mm-hmm. And we've had many a deep conversations. And the, the, the next book I do on Hazen, i got to get Ricky Hall in that book, Deep mm-hmm. Brother. So he stopped, and, and he had, they have everybody at Lehigh. They have MPAC, IFC, Pan Helm, or most cultural organizations, NPC, whatever. All those groups that stopped it altogether because he's at the point where he says, I, I don't think it's going to stop. Right. I don't think it's going to stop. So he, he set it down. So change the book again. So then we're done. Okay, you know, uh, I promise I'm not going to call you again. I'm not going to bother you again. We're good. Keep the indexing done. It's locked in. So the book, probably in February, we're done with the cover. The endorsements are in. I called my publisher. I said, hey, I've really got to change this one more time. <laughs> she says, well, I know you didn't find a typo. So so who did what? So it, it was so out of control mm-hmm. that, that now, and, and, and I'm going to place with this. So what's going to happen? What I'm about to tell you is insane. So in New Mexico State University, the Kappa Sigma chapter, mm. a pledge named Jonathan Silas was shot. Wow. He was shot with a gun, bro. He was shot <laughs> in the leg because they were doing a loyalty oath. So this this kid, Miguel Altamirano, he's, he's, he's the pledge master. Mm. So they're doing this loyalty oath. Um, rightfully so, Jonathan Silas gets a little nervous. 
and the other student accidentally pulls the gun and shoots him in the leg. He's it, this is you know so and it's funny I was going to um, got to, to be speak at the university. Me. Oh, I'm you not making this up. Got was, to be kidding nah. me. I was going to speak at the university, and at the same time that David was on was coming on, I was going to talk at the, uh, the University of New York. Um, I was going to Hofstra, and I'll go to Hofstra to talk about my my book. I had to like change the PowerPoint, right? At the same time, I'm changing this to add a picture of a young man in a hospital bed. Here's where the lie begins, okay? Because a number of the schools that I mentioned are PWIs, mm-hmm. MPAC groups, we tell the lie, oh, that's not us. We, we don't do that. Now, conversely, IFC and Pan Hill groups tell the lie that, oh, well, the brutality is in the black groups, in mm. the NPAC groups. They're, 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 they're more vicious. They're more brutal. And even if you look at the way the laws are constructed in many of the 44 states who have pledging as a misdemeanor or a felony, mm-hmm. the, the, the violence associated with the brutality that's perceived to only be within the NPAC that violence and that brutality, those laws are associated where the drinking aspect of hazing could be a misdemeanor. Now you have states like uh, like Oklahoma, like uh, New York, like Connecticut, who now have laws that are very clear that any and everything you do is yes. hazing, where you yeah. can't even have the argument of, right. hey, well, you know, you could only do what we let happen to you. No. Nah. No, no. So to answer your question, I had to frame all that to answer your question. Hazing is not going to stop, but we have to stop lying to ourselves. This that is these good things context. don't happen in our organization. This is, this is really good, man. This is really good. Dismantling hazing in Greek letter organizations. Effective practices for prevention, response, and campus management by none other than Jason L. Merriweather and Associates. This is, this is, this is fascinating on several different levels. Like, so I thought I thought that that would be the beginning. Uh, will will hazing ever go away? No, because everyone still to this day, even with all that you mentioned, all the dangers uh, that they're, they are aware of, they still want that process. And that's mm-hmm. fascinating to me. We I, I won't mm-hmm. say what institution I was at, um, but I got an anonymous letter, Jason an anonymous email <laughs> and it said, I'm letting you know now that I'm calling the police because I know your institution won't do anything, <laughs> but there are some young ladies get this, some young ladies and all I hear them hollering is SG row SG row. So I immediately, because I'm scared, you know, the last thing I need is for death to occur, number one. Um, mm-hmm. And for, you know, those things mess up the spirit of a campus. When, when, mm-hmm. when those things happen, it can derail the spirit. Parents will look at, oh, it's not safe. I know we're not talking about, um, you know, gun violence, but but my daughter or son may potentially want to pledge. And obviously you guys condone it. Well, fast forward, I get an email or I, I, I send a message back. Here's my number. If you ever hear anything, I don't care what time it is. Call me. I get a text message like one thirty at night, grab an apple, put some sweatpants on. They gave me the location, called the VP for student affairs. He got his team up. We got in the car. 
met over at this location and I'm going back and forth. I'm like, yo, this is not, this is not the address. This is not where they're at. So they're troubleshooting. So at that point, I remember in one of your, one of your associates said, consider the source, right? So is this a parent? Mm -hmm. Is this, um, you know, is this, uh, consider the source, who is it? And the validity of the information, it could be another Greek letter organization telling on another Greek letter organization. You, you, you mm -hmm. just don't know. So we get there and I'm like, this is strange because I'm texting this person and they're like, I'm telling them that that address you gave me is not the correct address. And so they're like, we'll go to this address. I'm like, this is, this is really weird. Is this a mad goose chase? Long story short, we get to this last location and I can hear wood being administered as soon mm -hmm. as I got out of the car. Mm -hmm. So we're at this point, do we call the police? It's one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. We are African-American men outside at nighttime. That's mm -hmm. a danger in and of itself. Right. <laughs> so snooping, <laughs> right. <laughs> so we're snooping around this place, looking through the windows, putting our ears to the doors. Now I'm a president. Now this is, this is why it's so crazy. I get to the door and I couldn't help myself. I knock on the door. Young lady comes to the door. Why are you here? We can do this one of two ways. You can have everybody come out or I can call the police. So when I said that all bets were off. It is so hilarious and, mm -hmm. and so sad. She argues with me for a couple of minutes and then one of her um, lines or sisters, sorority sisters comes over and says, hey, let, I don't want to go to jail. So there was some calm, some, some normalcy, some, some person who had a modicum of sense. And she says, I'm going to call them down. Jason, if you could have saw this picture. It was a townhouse, small, mm -hmm. and down the stairs comes 13 folks in line mm -hmm. from shortest <laughs> to tallest <laughs> with the same thing on, the mm -hmm. exact same thing on, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm trying not to laugh because I'm thinking to myself, I would have ran upstairs, took, you know, I, I wouldn't have come down, first of all, in order. From shortest to tallest, I would not have but done that. Still, but they're online, right? But they're exactly. <laughs> so their mind is in a different space. Mm -hmm. So this happens. Fast forward, I shut down all of the Greek letter organizations. Good you job. would have thought that I cussed folks' mamas out, hate mail from alumni, from mm -hmm. students from mm -hmm. everyone and what was most shocking to me Jason to be honest with you was the idiotic response of people knowing that we are harming and my my rationale to my VP was and there was pushback from me doing that so I'm like mm -hmm. if the SG roads are pledging my god what do you think everybody else is doing this is no, mm -hmm. no shade to the SG Rose, um, but but you know you have to know if you've been in this culture long enough. If if that group is is pledging, you can only imagine what the culture is and why respect it. They they feel as though they need to have respect. That was fascinating to me. 
have you guys touched on the sentiment of um, chapters when um, punishment comes down and the blowback of administration? Have you guys talked about that? Um, there have been uh, research uh, dealing with that? Yeah, we do, because here's the challenge, and, and this, is, this is where it comes down. It's certain institutions, it's money. So for us, it's it, everything you talked about it. it and and I've, I've lived this movie, you know, um, I, I put a, an MPAC chapter off some years ago and I brought that chapter back a few years later when everything was up. And, and, and it's, it's something that's still mad at me, even though I brought it back, you know. And I'm saying that to say that those things happen and we become vilified because, again, We've defined respect. And the group that you left out that I'm surprised wasn't also going in on you was the parents. Heck, I had a case oh. that, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I omitted them, I, yes. Well, you, I know they're there. Mm-hmm. I had a case that, that I worked on once, and the parent was pledging the kid. Mm. The, the, it was the parent's chapter. Kid was legacy. Wow. And the parent was coming back and pledging with the kid. And I know you're waiting for me to say it was a fraternity, but it was a sorority. No, no. Look, man, let me tell you something. Women are brutal. They're, they're brutal. It, it seems that their their process goes beyond the physical, and um, while it is physical as well, I've my experience as an administrator for these twenty years has found me with it. It just hits a little different when the women are being hazed. Um, their experience has far greater residual um, animus. Um, there's some lingering tension oftentimes. I, that's just been my experience. I'm no researcher. That has just been my experience. So in, in, there's a chapter in the, in, in the book where uh, Daniel Woody, uh, Dr. Thea Zunick, and uh, Shauna Cullen they, they talk about the sorority standards, and each of them have different experiences. They've all been advisors. Uh, Thea has worked at national sorority organizations. Uh, Danielle uh, has been um, a, an advisor. Actually, she, she's, she's a Delta. She's been an advisor for Delta chapters. She actually has been an advisor for Omega, and she's actually been an advisor for some NPC, uh, predominantly white sororities. So she, she's touched it all. And was really qualified to write this book, and and they dig into to those histories, and what they talk a lot about is they really spend time focusing on how groupthink theory impacts sorority culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and what I, I will give credit to sorority leadership that I think that that they've taken it more seriously in terms of action and response than fraternity than the fraternity. Yeah. Um, I, I'll give, I, I spoke, uh, I think maybe in 2016 or 17, Delta Sigma Theta had a national hazing summit and, uh, the president or the grand ambassador at the time, Dr. Uh, uh, Paulette Walker had mm-hmm. me, uh, Rashid Ali Cromwell, Suzette Walden Cole. We, we spent three days in Florida with about 2000 members of Delta Sigma Theta. Um, and, and what, what's there's a Delta's opposed to nonsense totally. Uh, I think that's the, the mantra they use, uh, for hazing and they've taken it really seriously. 
And so what you haven't seen in terms of the brutality you, you described, you haven't seen it consistently, but those organizations that take it seriously, they're willing to say, if I have to shut it all down, then I will shut it all down mm-hmm. versus those organizations nationally who make excuses. Um, and, and so probably among the sororities, uh, the, the, the four NPAC sororities, I say Delta has the, the strongest system. And, um, you know, and Delta's at a point where if you play with them and do something in their name, they may sue you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. If, <laughs> if, if you take it too far. Yeah. And, and so that, 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 that issue of groupthink becomes a real issue within the Sanders and sorority culture. And so they make a number of recommendations around restorative justice. Uh, they really dig into addressing that groupthink issue, but also involving parents. Um, taking sort of a moral justice approach. So, so they make a number of recommendations to address that within sororities. Um, and then within the frats, it's, it's this issue of toxic masculinity, hegemonic mm. masculinity. I'm more of a man if I can take this beating. And if I took it, you should take it. And that sounds so simple. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the, the, what powerful. I'm about to throw out at you, it, there's power in it. Yeah. And so as we look at this, it, it's what I call the life versus tradition paradigm. Mm-hmm. So when I talk to students, uh, you know, when, when, I, when I go to campuses and I do the presentation, I tell the students on the beginning, look, Hazen's not going to stop. I'm here to protect the university from you. <laughs> that, that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to protect the university from, from you. you. Yes. And, um, you know, it, it, it's funny. When I was um, – I, I, I did this at Langston, and uh, their dean of students, good brother. And I told him, I said, you know, this is what I'm going to say. I think he thought I was kidding, right? <laughs> then I stand up in front of hundreds of students and I say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here to protect the university from you. But I say that everywhere mm-hmm. because what I try to introduce is I go through the law, I go through, um, you know, what the standards that make a university liable or not liable. And I cover three things. I cover the case law. Mm-hmm. I cover state and state policy. I cover applicable uh, appellate court decision okay. that, that you fall under that district. Then I go over university policy and organizational policy, and I frame those things. And I, I knock all the liability stuff out because I don't think Hazen's going to stop. Mm-hmm. But I do dedicate some time to addressing what I call the life versus tradition paradigm. That You said the life versus... Life versus tradition okay. paradigm. Okay. Where at the end of the day, here's my question for you. Which one of you is going to make this phone call. Which one of you is going to call a parent and say, you know what? I have hurt your child. Or even mm-hmm. worse, I killed your child. But it's okay because this tradition in my chapter, you know, is, is you know, the, the, the Sigma Pi chapter or whatever fraternity, mm-hmm. you know, that, that the, the, we have to have that respect. And, and I went through it and your child's weak if they can, they yeah. couldn't go through it. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter if they did. Who's going to make that call? Yeah. And say that, that your tradition means more than yeah, in, life. in life. And then what happens wow. invariably, they sit and they're, they're and you know, I, this is the finale. This is the finale. And I deliver it. I tell the story of uh, Akeem Alexander, who's a student at Fisk University. And, um, you know, uh, Dr. Roosevelt Faulkner, a good friend of mine, he's the MPAC advisor at the time. And uh, he, he's, he's at Tennessee State now. But, but Dr. Faulkner and I, we had to go. Um, we had to go and respond when King was in the hospital. This is a kid I knew. 
Mitch was a young man that I knew that I dealt with on campus every day. I knew his mother. I promised his mother at orientation. You know, we, we got him, and then he, he got caught up, and, and he was hurt. And, you know, and, and when it was going on at the time, you know, it, it was it was really bad. It was really horrible what happened to him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I had to call his mother, and I tell that story. And said, you know, you had to call a parent. But, you know, I'll I, I say a good thing, and I'll give you – I know I may joke, but I'll give you your, your, your fraternity a shout-out. Man, that Kappa chapter at Fisk, when they got back on the yard, mm-hmm. best group of young men. Yeah. The, 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 the little bit of hope I have for change really comes from what those young men did when they got back on campus. Mm-hmm. They – were they were like, look, we're not going to hurt anybody. We're, we're going to be leaders. You know, their GPAs were high. Great group of young men. So I will say I've seen a sort of renaissance um, within an organization. And I, 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 I didn't use a, an example within my org. I used yours yeah. because I want people to understand that it can be done. If you choose life over tradition, I think it's across the board. I I think it's across the board. It's happening in pockets. It's just not as Mm -hmm. pervasive as we would like for it to be. But I also think that, you know, a part of that factor is that you have really nowadays some young men and women going into these organizations that are individuals. And they they Mm -hmm. they know who they are before they get into a place where they can be defined. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they know like, yo, you're not beating me. You're not driving my car. I'm not getting up at three o'clock in the morning to call anybody and wake them up. Like I'm not doing all of those things. Right. And Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. when when you have three or four of those jokers, men or women on a line, things can change really quickly. And oh, by the way, this is a this is a stopping point for me, meaning undergrad. I'm on my way somewhere else and it will not be derailed. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, you are not going to derail where I'm going. So I can get it now or I can get it in grad chapter. Like there, there's also this there's less of a stigma for people going through grad chapter nowadays than it was back in the day, I, I believe. Um, because you see kids, all the campuses that I've been on, they'd be like, yo, no, I, I'm not with what they're doing. I'm just going to wait and I'll be paper. Right. I well, think- well, the inter- the interesting thing, though, if, if we unpack this, is that, you know, OK, so what's actually so bad about being paper? Because Nothing. I can vote at national, you know, <laughs> Nothing. if I'm paper, I can vote at national. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. And, and when I look at that, when I look at that, it's like, OK, so I, I was in a school. I can't call this school's name, but I was I was traveling one day and I ran into some bros and this was years ago. I was traveling and um, I ran to these bros and like they had like a party. Next morning, went to a community service. So I was talking with a friend of mine. I said, "Hey, you know, I was at this school and you know I hung with these bros. They were really solid." And my my frat brother says, "You hung with bros? Where?" I said, "I told him the school." He said, "Man, you you were with some ghosts. They had had a legit chapter in ten years. What are you talking about, right?" So you know these these guys they're pledging each other. They're saying their alphas, but like they can't go to the nationals. They can't vote. They they can't do any real substantive work at the graduate level because mm-hmm. the graduate work does continue. But again, we have to shift beyond this concept that these chapter traditions are bigger than the organization. Right. And it's real serious. And, you know, when I was in the South, it, 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 it's at a level beyond even what I understood that the chapter means more sometimes than the actual letters of the organization. Yes. And so you, you, you pointed <laughs> on something when you told your story 
when you told your story. You said there was one person with some sense. And so a lot of what I talk about is peer bystander intervention. Mm. Which, you know, that so in, in the early 2000s, Alan Berkowitz was uh, sort of the, the grandfather of, of peer intervention. And mm-hmm. uh, Hank, Hank Neuer uh, introduced uh, some of Berkowitz's work. Um, he, he reframed some of that early on in some of his writings. And so uh, as Hank Neuer talked about dealing with issues of group things, he also talked about peer intervention. And so where I'm going with that is, is I've taken that model and sort of expanded it a bit in one of my chapters where it's Essentially, what I'm saying is there is a person with some sense. We just have to give them the tools, the to, honest tools yes. to be able to speak up, you know, and, and, you know, my boys, three of our five children are sons, right? And they, you know, the, the older boys, hopefully I don't get to get them in trouble in college, but, you know, they, they could they could spit the founders when, when they were like 12, right. you know, yeah. uh, we won't say how I taught it, but yeah. they could spit the founders when they were like 12, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, if they do something else, you know, I'm not going to pay for it, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is, I guess. But where yeah. I'm going with that is that in, in that aspect, you know, my son is my oldest son. You know, he's like, yeah, I want to be. He's like, I want to do that. He's like, but I'm an athlete. He's like, oh, they're not touching me. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, he said, Dad, are you gonna be okay? He said, I, I think the chapter's cool. You know, I've been, but 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 I'm not I'm not doing that, and I respect that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, we have to empower folks that if I want to say, you know, this isn't bad, or this is bad, this, this is not something I'm going to tolerate happening to me. Or even more importantly, within the chapter, to say, yo, we, we need to stop this. We, we can't continue this on. That goes back to the example I used with, with this chapter of Cap Alpha Psi. You know, the brothers got together and they just said, you know, we're, we're, we're this stopping this. This is what we're going to do. Absolutely. We're stopping this. And, and, and it's hard standing up to the alumni. It's hard standing up to those chapter members, to your point, that don't even have a degree. Mm-hmm. But, 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 but they major in, in wearing those T-shirts. Yeah. They're faded, but yeah. they're there. And well, so as you look at this peer intervention model, mm-hmm. the advisors also have to be involved in this. Yes. Because if you're an advisor and you're not from a chapter, you may be a member. Mm-hmm. But if you're not from a chapter, and, and there's a case that I reference for advisors, and, and, and everyone should think about this. If you're an advisor, there's always a conversation you're not in. That's right. You got to understand you that. You better know. And that. if you're not from a chapter, that that, most that hurts too. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you're not in. And and so as advisors, we have to have standards. So so the way I do it, before you can have intake, okay, the grad chapter representative, or if you're NPC or IFC, the 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 consult the NPC or IFC, your, your consultant. Someone from nationals has to be be there, your grad chapter person and your campus advisor and the aspirant and the current members all have to be in a room. We review everything from Genesis to Revelation about mm-hmm. the policies. You sign them. And if you don't do it, you just can't have intake. And I don't care who's mad at it. Period. I really don't. Yeah. Because here's the thing. It, going back to my point with Kristen High and Kenita Severe. If it was going to stop, it would have stopped 18 years ago when two women drowned. But now, you know, Timothy Piazza. Excellent You point. know, Excellent senseless. Point. Senseless death. Excellent point. You know, and Max, Max Gruber. Senseless yeah. death. Yeah. 
Jason, um, what was it? Was it De- Champion? What what was Champion's name? There was it. Robert Champion. Robert Champion. Oh, man, this was crazy. And, and and here's the thing with the Champion case. Let me unpack this for you. What people don't realize about the Champion case, th- this is a really seminal case for hazing, because what happened with the Champion case? People talk about Robert Champion because he's the person who who died, unfortunately. But you do realize that on the bus that night that there were four victims of that hazing ritual yeah. being punched and hit with instruments on the way to the back Brutal. of the bus. There were four of them. Brutal. And Champion is the one who died. But but what that case opened up, if if you really think about the Florida versus Dante Martin case, it opened up three things. So what happened was lawyers will kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. They mm-hmm. could tell they were losing the case for Dante Martin and the other three defendants. So they filed a bunch of motions. One of the motions they tried to do was they tried to exclude the history of hazing within the band. And we hadn't even gotten into bands, but but since we touched it, in the band, they tried to say it was not admissible. Of course, the court came back and said, nah, it's, it's absolutely <laughs> Material, actually. Then, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Thank you. So then the defense tried to challenge the constitutionality of Florida as a sovereign state having an anti-hazing law. And of course that was, that was denied. But here's the interesting thing that a lot of people don't talk about. So Robert Champion was gay. Yeah. And the defense and the prosecution mutually agreed to exclude his sexual orientation Mm -hmm. because they were trying to avoid a hate Hate crime crime charge. Yeah. Right. But, but, but understand how close, that becomes because now, as I say to students all the time, you don't know everything about your pledges or even worse, if you're a trash human being and you're actually targeting and trying to do extra things because of their gender identity or sexual orientation or race or what have you. If you're doing it worse, a piece of crap human being because you're you're targeting someone. Yeah, that's it. But, 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 but whether you are or not, the hate crime statute is also there. And if you look at the, 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 the case that exists in uh, the Max Gruber's parents, what they're doing right now, their lawsuit against LSU, um, they're, they're trying to apply the Title IX standards. So Rand and Stephen Gruber, that, their family has opened up a whole new another, aspect yes, yes. of how we may be held accountable for hazing because the courts are not siding with these Greeks anymore. Nope. The good old boy system is not standing like it used to be, but it keeps happening. So I, to, to go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say that I wanted to, before I, I lost the thought, that you mentioned that we have to give these students um, the agency to exercise um, their prudence, right? And mm-hmm. I and I, I just wanted to add to that that we also have to give them cover too. Mm-hmm. That that mm-hmm. that needs to be really important. That piece when I say that we, I mean administrators and advisors, and that's the other tricky part too, Jason. You can find some 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 advisors over MPHC who might who might not be the best people um, to be over mm-hmm. such a serious thing, and mm-hmm. and and providing cover is. And, and, and giving them the agency to be prudent in their rationale and how they act has to come from the top. It has to be very mm-hmm. loud and clear and demonstrative. Mm-hmm. Like people, people need to know that when I tell you I'm gonna put this this fire on you, 
I'm serious about it. And mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. independent of your color and my color um, and any infatuations that we may have for each other. The law is the law and, and the law will be applied to the fullest extent should you um, encroach upon it. Um, that's, that's so serious. And I've removed advisors before. Um, and folks have gotten upset with me, but, mm-hmm. but if, if all, if, if you're an advisor and you're listening to this and all you're doing is signing paperwork for parties or for little, little barbecues on the yard mm-hmm. and you're not showing up and you're not present and you don't know what's going on, you will end up in court and, and they shall betray you. <laughs> Candace Hinton, uh, is she's a professor at Indiana State. She's my dissertation they advisor. Shall she betray wrote a, you. <laughs> hey, that's it. That's it. They'll drink your wine, sit at your table, long. and they shall betray they, you. Indeed, and so, uh, indeed. There you go. So, Dr. Hinton, she uh, she wrote in uh, an excerpt in the book about her her role as an advisor, and that's what she talks about being present and and what she will and won't stand for. And if, and if, if we unpack Kim, Dr. Kimbrough's chapter, mm-hmm. you know he. I've asked him because there was no one better. No one had the credibility that he had mm-hmm. to challenge presidents. Um, and so Dr. Kimbrough comes in and, you know, he says, he, he says something weird. He checks this out. He says, you know, presidents should go to AFA. Why not? Understand what's really happening. Mm-hmm. Don't just send, you know, the 23 year old person who's in charge of Greek life who just got out of grad school, maybe 25. Presidents should attend. Take, take a time, take time to do that. Mm-hmm. That's not mm-hmm. weird. It's going to sound weird to presidents, but it's real. Yeah. You know, he talks about the, the, the depth of the conduct training, really being present with the students. And, and, and the other thing he says is to treat hazing as a crime. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he talks about the, the assessment of the Greek life program and the presidents uh, have to be involved in that. Elizabeth Allen and I, she's serious hazing scholar. She's testified before Congress. We wrote a chapter, or uh, we wrote an article that was on the cover of Leadership Exchange last fall. And we talked about this theory she has is about commitment. And she really digs into the commitment to combating hazing. And so our article was about the role of vice presidents in, in, in this sort of phenomenon of commitment. And we have to be, it's consistent with Kimbrough's work. We have to be present. Yeah. We have to be engaged. We have to understand what's happening on our campuses. And if we don't do that, we are failing our young people. Yeah. We are only perpetuating the risk for harm. Mm-hmm. There's this concept of hidden harms. And it, it's those low-level things because, see, we believe oftentimes, that, oh, well, you know, it can't happen to me. Yeah, this person may have died, but if I drink a lot, they're finding people now with 0. 0.35, 0.48, 0.52 blood alcohol yeah, levels. Yeah. You know, people are being beaten over and over again. You know, there's a, a school where I, um, I'm, I'm familiar with, with the case. And, you know, the, the, you, you remember Scandal? Remember the old TV show yeah, Scandal? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, you know, Olivia Gladiators Pope, falling right? off the cliff. There you go. There mm-hmm. you go. There you go. So this particular chapter they, they did this episode where Huck uh, got waterboarded, B613. Oh, B- they kidnapped Huck and they were waterboarded. So this chapter says, hey, we're, we're going to try that. Mm. And as long as we're in those spaces where the experimentation, <laughs> the, the, the old traditions, you know, the drinking, all the way down to, you know, there's a chapter where, you know, everyone does the apple. They, almost everyone has a version of the apple where yeah. you're, 
bite into an apple, Absolutely. then they say, you know, it's a, it's a nasty onion, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe you just come out with the onion. So there was a chapter that was doing. They well, when you're blindfolded, you, you don't know whether it's a, you, you exactly, don't know what it exactly. is. Right? Yeah. Exactly. But this kid was allergic to onions and almost died. You know, that's the thing. Oh, well, that's not going to hurt anyone. Yes, it could. You know, if you look at uh, Michael Ding at Baruch College, they Mm -hmm. didn't know he had a heart condition. At all. And, and, you know, and then at the end of the day, they left him. Yeah. You know, how many autopsies have said people could still be alive Mm -hmm. if the chapter with this person who was supposed to be their brother or sister had not not just left him? Yeah. And so I'm saying that to say that, that we have to empower people to say, okay, you know what? This this isn't the move. Yeah, someone could die. Someone could be hurt. I know we it happened to us. I know we think that it's low level, but the people who are hazing, we don't care. Yeah, and the well, they don't care. And the people who are being hazed don't perceive it to be dangerous. And yeah. we talk about that in this book too. So we have to really be honest. So one of my big recommendations, and it's consistent across the book. We all talk about this. Mm-hmm. Most most schools are afraid to talk about hazing and orientation because you don't want to scare people. Mm-hmm. But you need to. We have to talk about hazing and fraternity because here's the thing. An aspirant, unless they're legacy or unless they've seen one of these movies, pretty much only knows what we tell them, what That's the it. members tell them. That's it. And so the universities have to take a place really early. You have to talk about it in parent orientation because here's the thing. If they Google it, they're going to find it anyway. Absolutely. So you just well get it up front and talk about it so parents can say, hey, this doesn't sound right and make a phone call. Yeah. it's We it, have to set ourselves up that way. I agree. It's it's really dangerous when you have two these two worlds collide. And I, I use this example when I, even as president, talk to mm-hmm. our Greeks. I do it every year. And mm-hmm. I say, when you have... It happened to me, so I want to do it to somebody else. Colliding with, you have no idea what pre-existing conditions people have. When those two things collide, there is where you know calamity lives. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and and it's so difficult as we transition to my big question. One of the things I really want to talk about is a culture of silence. I just want to put a bow on just a really quick story about advisors. I remember getting to an organization, an institution, and I was a young administrator, a young executive administrator. And, mm-hmm. and so quite naturally I want to, I want my team to win. Right. I want all of them to win, but I want to make sure we're at the finish line as well, uh, mm-hmm. meaning the noobs. And mm-hmm. I was uh, invited to lunch with a group that wanted me to be the administrator, wanted me to be their advisor. Cool. I have no problem with that. <laughs> so we have pleasantries and we exchange pleasantries and we're, we're chilling. And then they get to their pitch about me being their their uh, their advisor. And so, mm-hmm. you know we'd like for this to happen, et cetera. I said, cool. So here's what's going to happen. There's no pledging. Everything's up above board. We're going to do it my way. That's the only way. And you have, by the way, a decision to make. You can either do it my way or you can do it your way. And those jokers looked at each other in unison and within five seconds said, thank you. No, 
Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But I what I did was say, hey, great. You should know as an administrator and officer of the college, if I hear of anything, I'm going to report you. Right. And mm-hmm. and I wish you well. I can be here to support you. You guys need some money. You need, you know, access to buildings or whatever. Hit me up. But I walked away. And mm-hmm. and the point that I, I'm I'm I want to illustrate here is that advisors have to be dogmatic about it's going to be this way or no way. And mm-hmm. and also put a bug in the ear to let them know that if I find out, I'm going to do with you what I would do with anybody else. And I think and you know Go ahead, I think myself. doing that, it just puts folks on notice. Um, mm-hmm. And the one thing you and I know is that everybody's happy to tell somebody that they're online. They they, mm-hmm. they just have to do it. And so as my old, uh, my mentor would tell me, two people can keep a secret if one of them dead. <laughs> you, it's going to get out. It's just a matter of when and if, and if it does get out, when it gets out, then you'll be in trouble. So I, I, I think advisors need to be empowered and understand how much power they have uh, in that space as well. Well, the, the difference is you actually wanted to take that stance and you cared enough and you had the maturity to do it. Um, that, that's really where it starts. Mm-hmm. We have people who are very immature in these advisor roles. Yeah. And that's really concerning. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll share this with you and, and then transition. So a case to pay attention to, sorry, it's your frat, but Kenner versus Cap Alpha side, this mm-hmm. is Pittsburgh, okay? Mm-hmm. And in this case, uh, it was after the moratorium in 2002, uh, this kid was beaten, paddled over 200 times. He was given cane. Uh, he had complete renal failure, seizures, hypertension. He was in hospital for almost a month. So the family and the student, they sued Kappa. They sued the, the chapter. They sued the university, multiple members of the staff. But the lower court and the appellate court ruled in favor of the defendants except one person. So they dismissed the case against the university. They let the chapter members off. The advisor stayed on the hook, and the case moved forward against the advisor for two reasons. Yikes. The advisor had never discussed hazing with members of the local chapter, had never sat down and had the conversation that you tried to have. And secondly, they failed to uh, make sure, to quote the law, failed to advise reading of executive orders and sanctions associated with hazing. And so that standard, I, I was doing... I do this with, with uh, student-athletes, too. And, and I, I talked about this, and I framed this against the NCAA policy. And when I did that this time, I was at the school, and the baseball coach just looked at me like, real funny. And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, I'll step on this guy's toes. He's going to be one <laughs> of these. He's going to come up to me afterward and tell me how wrong I am. Mm-hmm. But what he actually did was he came up to me afterwards. He said, uh, and I see him on his phone, so I'm like, well, who's this guy texting, right? So I finished the presentation. After it, he comes up to me. He said, uh, hey, uh, do, you, do you have a second? Are you going anywhere right now? I said, no, no, I've got some time. He said, okay, can you, when, when the room clears out, can you and I talk? And I'm thinking, okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why's well, 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 this guy trying to get me alone? But, you know, I, I, I'm from the country. I, I can handle myself. Well, good. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, can but, you but, 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 he, but he says, uh, but he says uh, well, you know, I, I, I've got the players on the way. I, I told them to leave class because, 
I, I've never talked about hazing with them. And, oh, wow. and, and, and could you could you join me to talk with the players for a few minutes? <laughs> oh, <laughs> called, wow. called the whole baseball team. I mean, called these folks out of class. Um, had him in there, and, and we sat down, and he said, "Can can, can you pull that, that that case up you showed about the advisor?" And and I because what I did mm. was I, I put I put advisor like in big red letters, uh, crimson letters since it was capital, and then uh, <laughs> the and then, hate is real. Uh, the, <laughs> so then on the next slide, on the next slide, I put the same thing, and I said, "But replace advisor with coach, right?" And so it scared this man to death. And then when I showed the NCAA stuff on Hayden. So I'm saying that to say that if, if advisors don't take that part of their job seriously um, and that they don't take the principled, firm, mature, and honest stand that you tried to take, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to be out in the cold. Look look at what happened with FAMU. The first thing they did was fire the band director. The director. Right? That's right. Right? And, and that's what happens in many of these cases is if we're an advisor and you haven't done the job you're supposed to do, which is what the courts say, not upholding these silly traditions. And if you're not having conversations with your students about this is who you talk to, I will, you know, I, I worked with a chapter of AKA once in um, a lady named uh, Elise Jolly. And she's retired. She's from Tennessee State, but she, had, she advised AKA, but several AKA chapters in Nashville. Miss mm-hmm. Jolly didn't play. Yeah. Let me tell you, she's the best advisor I've ever seen in my life. But she, she, if she thought some hazing was happening, she down. would call me. She would call me, and she'd say, uh, you know, uh, 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 she'd say, I wasn't doctor yet, but she'd say, Vice President Merriweather, I just want you to know um, uh, we suspect some hazing. Um, I, I've already got the chapter on, on sanction. Uh, we're doing this, we're doing that. I just need you to sign that you agree. <laughs> <laughs> right? And, 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 you know, it's like, oh, okay, sure. And, and but where I'm going with that is that you know advisors have to no be nonsense, and and that's where it starts because you're the first eye, and the courts say I need you to understand as an advisor, the courts say your job is not just. This is the third time that that we've talked about this. Now we have your precedence. job is not just to sign paper. Now your we job have is precedence. not just yes. Yeah. The courts say, and mm-hmm. this case is often cited in hazing cases. So mm-hmm. I just want to put that in the universe. Well, you know, the thing is, and as we, we move, I, two things. One, I went to law school with um, Chris Chestnut, who was uh, the uh, attorney for the Champion family. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, and two, I think from a legal perspective, people don't understand. And that's why it's so, I think, injurious to the institution and injurious to uh, the chapter and injurious to the advisor for these young people to clamor at being an advisor um, and because I don't think they really understand the ramifications and the legality uh, of it and, and the exposure, quite frankly, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is, is shocking and frightening on so many different levels, knowing that. And I'm surprised that people even do it, knowing uh, the level of uh, liability. You know, they, there's this actual notice and this constructive notice, one knew or mm-hmm. should have known. And that's a slippery slope. Um, and those mm-hmm. things lead you to that vicarious liability. Um, and that's mm-hmm. that's how people get colleges to be big pockets. If there's a culture of this hazing, you, you should have knew or should have known, you should know or should have known that the propensity mm-hmm. for this to happen was 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 there. L- let's talk about these last two things, which are really, really, um, I think, important from my perspective. 
breaking the culture of silence. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always amazed. I love First 48 and the toughest mm-hmm. of the dudes in the world are are hard until that door closes and they're in there mm-hmm. with that 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 uh that that detective and i love when the women are in there breaking these dudes down right mm-hmm. um, man my favorite was when they were in memphis <laughs> remember caroline Mason she is from memphis? a beast brother man, <laughs> she is my I, favorite man, it, yeah, yeah so yeah. i was in memphis one time and i bumped into her and i and i come up to her and i just and i said can i just take a picture with you <laughs> she oh my was goodness. so nice and i'm like <laughs> you know but, but anyway another story, another story yeah yeah but but I, we could go off on that because I, I love her. I, she is she is she's one of uh, my favorite. And there's a brother down in uh, uh, Miami who who I love as well. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, it's always fascinating um, how most of the cases hinge on again the agency of prudence. One person, mm-hmm. one person. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. how do how do we on a broader scale? What is the reach research said about? Um, breaking the culture of, of silence. So I, I'm going to unpack this in, in two or three ways, and I'm going to start with Lawrence Ross's chapter. Take your time. Okay? So he calls this a conspiracy of silence. He, 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 I think maybe culture is in the name of the chapter, but in reality, he, it's called eliminating the cultural science, cultural science among MPAC organizations. Yes. But in reality, he calls it a conspiracy of silence. So, so think about the first thing that the, the pledge gets told, and, and Ross talks about this. I'm going to read this. What aspirants learn when they hear the term discretion is that they're supposed to trust only the people they're told to trust and avoid everyone else not in that circle. Mm. As they're initiated, the official universe gets more and more compromised by the unofficial universe, and the organization itself must then hide from itself the reality. Discretion is used to protect illegality, and the illegal illegality is the norm, not the exception. Mm. So, starting there, so what? It, it was interesting because because Lawrence had this this reference to he'd written up this this section about kind of like the, the culture within the Godfather, and, and, and the publisher really wanted that out. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was like, okay, you know, we we, we got to work with these folks again one day, right? Yeah, but. But but where I'm going with that is that that culture of silence is is that conspiracy of silence is huge because it starts early. Mm-hmm. It, it, it starts so early. So it's a form of conditioning. And, and yes, and so you know th- th- this is straight up BF Skinner. Okay, this, this yes. is this is totally that realm of work because what's happening is that we're teaching folks well you can only trust us. No, you can't trust the administration. Yeah. You know, you, you, you can't trust the grown people with jobs who are also members of the organization who are taking care of their families and who are responsible. Don't trust them. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, no. I know that faculty member. Yeah, they, they may seem cool. Yeah, I, I know Dr. Yeah, not uh, to be know, trusted. I, 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 you know, I know Dr. <laughs> Johnson has those letters, but, uh, you know, he's, he's not from this chapter. We can't trust him. Right. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I know you think you're in love with that with, with your girlfriend and y'all together, but you can't tell Impressive. her what's going on. Yeah. Oh well, well, you, you can if, if we can extort her money for the purposes of um, you being I'll online. Th- that's but right. outside of that, but, but you know, and, and and the same thing happens within the sorority culture. So it starts there. So if, if we're going to change it, it means that we have to in the beginnings, early and often compete with them. Mm-hmm. So it, it's interesting because ISC and NPC Greeks, you know, like they're often not allowed to wear their letters in orientation. Mm-hmm. 
because, you know, the, the, the way the, the bid process works that you don't want to bias. But, 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 but what do they do? They say, well, I'm student government president. You know, 12 of us in the chapter are orientation leaders. <laughs> Trust me, <laughs> we'll get it in, right? right? So, it, so the same thing is happening. And, and Raj creates this term of the unofficial universe, right? And that's what, what's so dangerous. And so that culture of silence begins very much in the beginning. And so universities are way too slow in how we introduce our standards and our mm-hmm. policies because we're afraid to talk about it because we're afraid someone's not going to pay tuition if we talk wow. about it. And so w- one of the recommendations that, that Ross talks about is taking public ownership of the problem, really getting out there early and talking about it. Um, there's this thing called These Hands Don't Haze. Um, HazingPrevention.org created that with Kappa Delta Sorority. And, and HBO is they have great resources. They actually have, a, and every year they update, a high school hazing resource guide. I think I published a, a, an article in it maybe about three years ago, and mm-hmm. they update it every year. They keep fresh stuff. Why are they talking about it in high school? Well, Elizabeth Allen's research says that uh, six out of, uh, no, 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 I'm sorry, four out of every 10 students come to college having already been hazed. Mm. In high school, and and so I I begun asking that question in my presentations, and I always say, you know, who actually saw hazing in high school or who participated? Oh, these these kids raised their hands with no 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 problem, no problem at all. They raised their hands and they're like, yep, I've I've been through that, and <laughs> they talk about it, and and that's huge. Um, I'm sorry, forty seven percent, not four out of ten, so almost half. The students come to college having been hazed. So wow. I'm, I'm saying that to say that we're behind in the fight. Mm. And so as long as universities are behind in the fight, it, the, the culture of silence, you know, the edifice is halfway constructed and we're just walking by with a little camera like, oh, look at the pretty building, right? And so in reality, we have to attack early if we're going to unpack it. Mm. And then on the in, in the middle of it, People are taught that what's dangerous is not dangerous. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I need you to think about that. What if I said to you every day, listen, if I say to you, listen, Doc, okay, so I know that you're planning on filing your taxes. But listen, the IRS, they're not really going to say they're going to garnish your check. People aren't going to bother you. Yo, this what is funny. <laughs> but but that's. I mean, but you know what I'm saying? That's, that's the theater of absurdity, doing. right? That of that's, of it all. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what they're doing. And so, as you think about that, it's I call it a perversion of Greek culture. You know what's and, you know what's funny, <laughs> Jason is I I now remember that same chapter when I first got on that campus. All the young aspirants, like people who were thinking about it, would come by the office all the time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And. I'm, you just made me think about after I told those jokers, like, dude, no one came by my office. No yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were done. They were done. Be- because you were going to shine a light on the foolishness. Yeah. Be- because I because silence is the key tool. In my dissertation research, I use the theory of reason action 
and I unpacked essentially it, it, the, the dissertation has this beautiful title, but it's essentially about snitching, why people do and don't tell. Ooh-wee. And the number one pre- reason people don't tell is because they're caught in this space where they are, are, are afraid of losing the respect. It's disadvantageous for them mm-hmm. to do yeah. it. It would, and, it would they, preclude them from capturing the very thing that they are seeking. Exactly, exactly. And so, and, and again, remember, this starts early. This starts, but it, it hasn't gone on sophomore year. You know, okay, so NPAC, we, we uh, I think we either, most of us are sophomore. There are a few that are spring of, um, spring of uh, freshman year. But regardless, do you, do you think it's just starting then? It's a cultivation process. It, it, it's like this. I, I remember it, it's almost like fundraising. You're a president, so you know when you fundraise, you can't just walk up to somebody and ask for a check. It's a process. Right? So there's a cultivation process because folks are trying to make sure, okay, he says he's down, but is he down? You <laughs> we know, need to make she sure. Says she, mm-hmm. she, she says she's mm-hmm. legacy, but, uh, you know, and is she legacy where she thinks she's just going to skate in? Mm-hmm. Is the mother coming to nationals? You know, the, the, so there's a cultivation process that's going on that's deeply ingrained. And so we have to have our own cultivation process as university leaders to put out there the risks, the dangers, the foolishness, and the harmfulness that could happen and hope that you still will make a choice. Power students to have a behavioral, that, that peer and behavioral um, intervention stuff. We empower students with the peer intervention work, but here's the thing, and let me be real with you, okay? Even if we do all that, I'm still not convinced it's going to stop. Right. Um, in, in, in chapter three of the book, I introduce the, uh, you know, what, what I call the, the Meriwether um, Engaged Hazing Model, and, and, you know, it's, it's cool to put your name on a model. Absolutely, but you what, should, what, brother. What, <laughs> what it's really talking about is it's looking at all the steps to protect. So, so pre-membership education. First off, off the, off the top, I come out and say, okay, new student and parent programs, we have to talk about hazing in the beginning. Then you have to have the, the, the local, the regional, the national folks involved. And you, it can't, your first conversation with the grad chapter in nationals cannot be when folks are in trouble. I have them all in my cell phone. They text me. I text them. So if something does go down, you know, this is my first conversation. So at least maybe we can work together and try to tell each other the truth. Um, also advise schools to train their advisors and do certification for their advisors. Why is that important? Those are your first line of eyes who can see if something's not right and mm-hmm. they have to be empowered. You said it very well earlier, Doc. You have to put yourself in a position that as an advisor, I'm going to be protected from the inevitable retaliation Absolutely. for doing the right thing. Yep. And if the university upholds that, more advisors will care and more advisors will tell. That's, That's why right. these 20-somethings always want to be advisors um, because either they don't know better or they want to perpetuate. There's not much middle ground. And then go back into that that the sort of educative policy session on state law um, that, that I talked about earlier with the aspirants, the, the current members. the So that way, if we go through all this, and we do life versus tradition paradigm. We mm-hmm. cover state law. We protect. At least if you still go out and do it, the university can win the lawsuit. Absolutely. And then on the back end of it, once you're in, you start over again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and you do this every time, and there has to be commitment. And this is what's in, in Dr. Kimbrough's chapter, is that the president, 
the vice president of student affairs and others have to be involved. We have to keep faculty connected to the process so they know. So um, I don't, one of your frat brothers, wise, good brother, man, Howard Bailey. I mean, we and, all uh, are wise. Um, oh, so. yeah, 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 yeah. But Bailey's special, man. Howard Bailey's special, man. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so Dean Bailey, let me tell you, he was the first brother to be a senior student affairs officer in the state of Kentucky. Okay. And I was born, I, I'm 40, and I think he, he, he had his first uh, senior student affairs job in like like 78, like the year before I was born. Wow. Right? Was he at Louisville? And no, he was at uh, Western Kentucky. Oh, okay. Trailblazing brothers. You Twelve, know what? Isn't, isn't Western Kentucky also kind of trailblazing as well? I mean, they, they've had some travity, tragedy there as well, but they've been kind of on the forefront of cultural things. What, is that not right? Well, 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 well let, let me tell you what I know. This is where I'm going with, with, with Bailey. I, I have a feeling there's a frat reference coming in there. No, no, <laughs> but, no, um, no, no. It really okay. is. I, it's just from my time at Murray State, and I just always oh, yeah, remember yeah, yeah. Uh, WKU being progressive. I just remember oh, yeah, them being really real, progressive. That's real. That's real. Yeah. That's real. I was like, oh, he got one over my head. No, no, I wasn't going to do that <laughs> but, uh, to you. I wasn't going to do but, that uh, to but, you. Uh, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. But, no, seriously, seriously. So, so they did some good stuff because Dean Bailey was there. So what, 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 what Dean Bailey started doing, was if you went online or if you were Russian, he put your name in the student newspaper, bought an article, in the, bought space in the student newspaper, and put Sigma Gamma Rho, boom, 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 Alpha Phi Alpha, boom, 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 Phi Beta Sigma, boom, boom, Kappa Alpha Psi, boom, 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 boom. You see what I did there? Mm. So where I'm going with that <laughs> is that <laughs> where I'm going with that seriously is that. Um, when he did that, man, the NPAC groups were pissed. Had to be. And, uh, oh, they were hot. And he wrote, an, he wrote an article about it. I actually cited him in the book. I cited him in my dissertation. And, you know, and, and we, we've been friends for a long time. I've known him since I was, I met him when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the crazy thing is when he did that, I called him. I said, yo, I said, uh, Dean Bailey, how are you pulling this off with, with putting these uh, names in there? He said, oh, man, every, he said, man, they want to fight me, but I don't care. <laughs> he, he said, it's not worth anybody dying. He That's said, right. I, I'm willing to take it. But but he, he put a spotlight on something that, that that was really horrendous to NPAC. Because at the end of the day, the ISC and the NPC, they don't have who, who's pledging, you know. But, but, but for us, going back to this cultivation process, then I cultivate you. Then when I'm with you, it's like, okay, now I got you, mm-hmm. but no one can know who you are. You have to hide. You have to cut off all your friends. You have to cut off all your family. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm trying to get you into Stockholm Syndrome type space, right? right? And and so what's happening is that, that conspiracy of silence, doing all the things that I described, puts a light on it because people have to see who you are. And so as long as we – so I think Bailey, Dr. Bailey had it right because I think as long as we do that, where now all the faculty look at you online. Well, wait a minute. You've been bald every day. What are you doing growing your hair? Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. You always come to class, you know, hair done, makeup done. You're always together. What, 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 what's going on? You, you seem a little disheveled. Wait a minute. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. And, and, and those are basic, simple things mm-hmm. that, that and, and, and understand who I'm speaking to. I'm speaking within NPAC culture. You right. know what I'm talking about. Yes. And the, the average the, the average listener, let me break this down for you if you're not Greek. Those are traditions 
that in the NPAC, the first thing is to take away all the basics of life to indoctrinate you into the pledge process. Mm -hmm. So you can't cut your hair. You can't walk on grass. Mm -hmm. You can't do all these things. Um, you, you can't eat. You know why you can't eat? Because you have to give the big brother, the big sister, your meal plan. And understand, mm -hmm. that's extortion. By law, that's extortion. Yes, In hazing law, it's, it's extortion. It's not just, oh, well, you're buying me breakfast. It's extortion. So by unpacking all of that, sometimes I almost wonder if, if we're almost better off taking it back above ground where people can see who you are because I think it's a lot of argument for it, that it's, brother. It's harder, it's harder to hurt you. A lot of um, argument for and, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. And mm -hmm. so as you look at that, you know, the, the, there's just some great research and, and Gregory Parks has some, some real deep stuff, uh, another alpha man, but some real deep stuff <laughs> where, where he unpacks that. Um, and I encourage you to check it out. And, and here's the thing. I, I want to be clear. I recognize that, that this book is standing on the shoulders. So as I mentioned, these other scholars and other people who are doing this work, it's genuinely out of affinity and respect. And there's such a small group of people that, that are doing this work the way that we're doing it, um, that, that you have to acknowledge and recognize other people's work that, that you're building upon to do this. Mm -hmm. And so as you look at all of this, it's shining a light on it. So to answer your question in a little more of a succinct way, sorry for all the context. No, the context matters, man. Context thank matters. Thank you for that. So to answer your question in a little more succinct way, at the end of the day, the real versus paper or the paper versus made issue, it's, it's this concept that me making you is I'm making you a woman. Matters. I'm making you a man. Yeah. Nah, it's not like that. And we have to take all that away, those toxic constructs about mm -hmm. manhood and womanhood and sisterhood and brotherhood and personhood, all those things that people get to recreate mm -hmm. with an 18-year-old or a 19-year-old who hasn't lived half a minute of life yet, right? Yep. And we get to create these tripped-up paradigms. So. I, I'm going to share with you, this is, um, I, I want to say something the judge said. So this is the um, the case at, um, uh, uh, which which one was it? Uh, Marcus Jones. He was the FAMU. And I want to be clear. These were all, on some no, 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 no. But these were but all was, of the Kappas that, that yeah, were, that Kappa. had bright, bright, bright futures ahead of mm -hmm. them too, right? So so Michael Morton, yes, Michael Morton, who was 23 when he's convicted, a grown man. I, I, I think, I may have them swap, but I think Mr. Morton was the engineer. And then there was Jason Harris, who was 25 at the time of conviction, who I believe was a pharmacist. Pharmacist, yeah. And, 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 and understand, I may have them mixed up, but either way, both brothers on their way, but still connected to this pledging world, mm -hmm. right? And so what happens is, so Harris never actually touched Marcus Jones. He wasn't the one beating him. Morgan, Morgan orchestrated the beating. But when Jones passed out, Harris threw water on his face, woke him up, and said, hey, you, you got to get up and take some more cane. So, but I want to tell you what the mm. judge said. So when the judge gave them two years, the judge said, and I quote, I want to save the victims who will quietly go along because they want to belong. Mm. You feel where I'm coming from? Yeah, man. And and so what's happening is it's this, this construct of sense of belonging. Terrell Strayhorn uh, wrote probably the best book on sense of belonging I, I, I've ever read. I, 
about eight years old. I think he's got a new edition out of recently out or coming out. But as we examine this concept of belonging, this is the answer to your question. Mm-hmm. When we convince people that degradation, violence, harm, and illegality give you a space to belong that no one else can. Forget the world that you're going to have on the other side of college. Mm-hmm. Forget the family you want to have one day. Mm-hmm. Forget all the internships. Don't worry about the faculty. Certainly don't be cool with the vice president, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because this world that I'm going to give you, it's this perverted sense of belonging. Mm. And, 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 and th- that's it. And it flies in the face of the ethos, the beliefs, of the whole organization. You touched on this earlier, right? Like people who can make you and chapters who think they're more than the fraternity. This notion Mm -hmm. that I'm making you, no uh, persons, you are not making anyone. You don't have Mm -hmm. that power, but for so long our silence has Mm -hmm. given credibility and it resonates so profoundly that it's almost difficult for people to walk away from it. You cannot, mm-hmm. I, I want to say this, you can't make someone, your chapter Preach. isn't bigger than the fraternity, and Preach. you should not find yourself in a space where you succumb to this notion. You just mm-hmm. cannot do it. And if you are a listener out here and you are putting your hands on folk, I hope folk catch you and take every damn thing you got. That, and, Especially if you're grown. It's, no, particularly <laughs> if you are a an advisor or you're a quote unquote old head or she can't come up in my sorrow or this, that, and that. Like it is the dumbest shit you hear from people who are adults who are career of officials or you know individuals who get paychecks right in their careers to see them holding on to nonsense and it is the quickest way for me to absolutely put you in a space of a transactional relationship because i know that we don't even think alike on this premise, there's no, we find no synergy anywhere else, mm-hmm. and that's real. And and so let, let me let me let me lay this out for you. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get some use out of this dissertation and 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 put this out there for you. So in my research, I studied uh, again intent to report right. So among the participants in my study, I had continental African, okay, mm-hmm. I had Hispanic. Participants. Okay. I had white participants. I had um, African American participants, and I think I even slid in a couple of native. I had a couple of Native American participants, and um, male and female and had, of and, all and those. I had, and I had Asian. Yes, and I had Asian participants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just making sure I got these right. Mm-hmm. And I had Asian participants, and they were broken up into male and female, aggregate, disaggregate, all that good stuff, right? But among intent to report, guess which? Now, women were more likely to report than men, and we know women are smarter than men. Yes. Organizational role, if you were an officer, you were obviously less likely to report. That's all common sense. But among race and ethnicity, of all the groups, guess which group was least likely to report? Um, Asian? Us. 
In the words of Ice Cube, <laughs> it's, just gotta, it's us, it's just us, right? I know you're being silly with that. I know you're being silly. But, it's, uh, but look, I was trying yeah. to get my Ice Cube reference. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> so where I'm you got it in that, there, brother. You got it. You know it what I'm that. saying? You know, you know what I'm saying? But, but it's us, right? Yeah. And, and unfortunately, uh, and interestingly enough, as you look at that, it's because have you ever met a brother? And, and I mean, we, we, we have some in my, in my friends. They will tell you, well, I, I was nothing until I crossed Alpha. Mm-hmm. I, I was nobody mm-hmm. until I crossed mm-hmm. o- Omega or Kappa or Sigma mm-hmm. or Iota. That's dangerous. You know, when, when I, heard a, I heard someone say one time, you, you, you just don't know what, what being an AKA did for me. <laughs> Well, first of all, you you're supposed either. to be doing it for AKA, right? <laughs> right. And, and so that that kind of that de facto foolishness, yeah, it, it becomes indoctrinated. So so again, it goes back to the beginning that we have to do this stuff. We have to unpack. We have to have our our, our processes in order and check because even if we do all that and address liability, mm-hmm. we still don't know that folks are going to listen. Yeah. And I, I had a school um, that I worked with that um, called me maybe a month after I was on their campus. They said, hey, you know, uh, we, uh, we, might, we might need you to testify in a, in a case if this goes to court. Now, a lawyer may contact you. Oh, what am I testifying about? <laughs> we, we, we want you to just go over the training that you did. Okay, cool. I got that all yeah, day. We can do you that. Know, and then, you know, we can do that all day. That's cool. Um, b- because at the end of the day, the school was positioning itself to show That's that right. it covered all the samples. So right, right now... I'm saying to administrators out there, as much as we want to hope oh, that it will change, excellent. yes, this is excellent. I, we want to believe it will change. Protect your university. Mm. Pick, pick this book up. Um, pick, pick this book up, and you know, really have some conversations. Uh, my website is um, jasonlmerweather.com, um, and you can you can find some good resources and materials reach out to me. Uh, my email is alphaphd at yahoo.com. Shit. Reach out to me and have some <laughs> conversations about what's going on on your campus. And th- this isn't about marketing myself as a no, no, or no, a no, no, It's no, not no, about no, that. No. It, 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 this is about having the real conversation about what's happening on your campus. I mean, it, as you're sitting here, it is, it, it is <clears throat> admirable that a sitting college president says, I care so deeply, I'm willing to be involved in the investigation process oh, and the education process. Yeah. If your president is not doing what Dr. Felton says he is doing, there's work <clears throat> there's work to be done. Yeah. If your president isn't doing that, there's work to be done. Like I said, there's some good presidents out there. You know, Dewan Warmack, president yeah. class from university. Some dope he ones. is like like higher ed big brother, right? Mm-hmm. Good man. I'll take take the letters. Yeah, no, no. That, let's away. let's go he's ahead now. You've been very, and he's very a captain. Man. Thank you. Thank he's you. He's a captain. Thank man. you. Let's just put it thank in there. You. He's thank a captain. Man. Mm-hmm. He's a good dude. One we'll of the best that. news. I believe Ricky Jones is as well. You want to go ahead? Yeah, my mentor in scholarship is a new guy. I'm just saying. Where you? Got, I mean, where you where you got your foundation from? Well, I wouldn't go that far, but I will say that. <laughs> yeah, but, but seriously, no, I just my, some of with my you, best yeah. friends, I'm playing with them. Hey, but, uh, but, but, but you know. Some of my best friends and formative teachers, seriously, are members of Kappa. So if you look at what, what Warmack talks about, Dr. Warmack talks about 
um, he wrote this his, his piece when he was still at Harris Stowe mm-hmm. about his involvement as a president. Mm-hmm. That's why I had Dr. Kimbrough write the chapter and yeah. understand uh, for the listeners out there, don't just uh, listen. Walter Kimbrough is internationally renowned for his research on hazing. He yeah. was doing yeah. it um, like like back in the nineties. I remember when he was at Albany State and yes. I met him, and I was just like, man, like I was like like a uh, I was as they say in wrestling, there's a term called a mark or mm-hmm. a fanboy. Mm-hmm. I met Dr. Kimbrough. And I kid you not, I was working on some research, and I walked up to him, and I showed him my computer, and I said, "Hey, Doctor Kimbrough, I, I just want you to see that you know, see how many times you're cited in this paper I'm yeah, working on, man. <laughs> yeah. right? and, and where I'm going with that, where I'm going with that, seriously, is years later when I think of who can tell administrators, who can call them out, and Doctor Kimbrough's involved in everything, uh, you know, from um, you know connecting with 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 families, uh, having uh, speaking and publishing all over the place. So who better to call out administrators yep. on what we have to do, but we yeah. have to be present. We got to be involved. Yeah. Kimbrough as you know, he, and what, what a lot of folks don't know, he and uh, Michael Sorrell are sans, if you will, but mm-hmm. um, they came in the presidency the same time. And, mm-hmm. but, but Kimbrough is without question, the one who, you know, the moniker, I think it was a Chronicle Higher Education gave them the moniker of the hip hop prayers. And mm-hmm. it was because of his influence and his ability to use social media, uh, among mm-hmm. other things. Um, mm-hmm. And he's just been progressive. So he does have uh, the credibility. And when he speaks, you know, folks are going to listen to him because of mm-hmm. uh, his impact in the game. The last thing I want to say about administrators and why what you're doing and others who are working in this space, there's this um, audit um, and legal affairs committee at board meeting times when you're the president or you're an administrator. And the first thing they ask is how many lawsuits do we have that are open? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Zero. How many actions uh, do we have that might come into lawsuits? You don't Mm -hmm. want for something like this, which is tantamount to lack of institutional control. That's what I would say. Mm That's real. When you're having hazing culture on your campus that is so pervasive, I think that's a lack of institutional control. And some would argue that it leads to presidents' demises as well in how they respond to those. Need look no further than FAMU as well. The band director lost as well. But I think nuanced in that decision to let Dr. Ammons go was centered around how and there's there's conversation about that public documentation about that as well. So I'm not, you mm-hmm. know, talking about mm-hmm. a fellow colleague uh, about mm-hmm. his, the way he responded to that, that, that action as well. So mm-hmm. I dismantling hazing and Greek letter organizations, effective practices for prevention response and campus engagement, man, let me tell you something, brother, two days I read the book. And, or the excerpts that you gave me. And I think there was 70, 70 some odd pages. And I'm going to get the book. Uh, and I'm definitely going to have you on our campus to talk to our students whenever we we get to go back outside and play. Um, oh, that's a blessing. That's <laughs> yeah. Thank what, you for that. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, it's, I think it's important for several reasons. One, um, y- y- this whole notion that you're here to protect the institution from them is powerful. 
Like if people can't pick that up, then 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 there's a problem there. Right. But secondly, um, I'm just a champion of uh, color folk doing extraordinary work. And um, that, that. that that means a lot to me. And uh, I, we at Health believe that our platform is not about anything other than showcasing, showcasing those who are balling right now and the next generation that, that will, be, um, will be tasked with uh, taking care of this sacred trust, man. It's, um, hey, man, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's been an honor to have you. Before I let you go and, and you give your, your final thoughts, I got to hit you with these rapid, these rapid fire questions. Jordans or Air Force Ones? Jays. Um, college football or professional football? College. Favorite college team? University of Louisville, go cards. Favorite dessert? Oh, so, so man, my big mama. <laughs> <laughs> made this homemade. <laughs> Banana pudding, right? And, uh, man, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is supposed to be rapid fire. No, no, take your time. Take your time. Man, Our rapid that, fire that, that, is that a little different. banana pudding, yeah. man. It hit well, a little different. Tell you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and I've got the recipe. And my quest to totally replicate her recipe mm -hmm. has always gone on fulfilled. But, brother, I have fun trying. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. So banana pudding. Um, All day. Favorite meal? Uh, whatever my wife wants. Boom. Boy, you look at you. Look at you. You're a professional at this, my brother. You are a professional. You you may need to help some other brothers in, <laughs> in some other categories as well. Hey, hey um, happy wife, happy life. But let me tell you yes, this, indeed. man. Mm -hmm. It, there's this thing out here in California. So, you know, in the South, we grew up eating crab legs. Yes. So they have this thing called Dungeonous Crab Legs. Oh. Here where, like, they catch, like, the whole crab. Oh. Yo, that, that's, the, that's the thing, That's me. That's me. That, that's the, yeah, this, yeah. This, 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 that's the joint. Outside, outside of that, uh, you know, we, we love crabs and, uh, you know, anything on the, anything on the grill. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a griller. Uh, about three years ago, I, I made a commitment to do a couple of different things. And one was to become, you know, a, a decent griller. And I think mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a better smoker than I am a griller, but I, I, I think I do both of them fairly decently. Um, hey, well, you know, you get me down there, we're going to find out. I yes, sir. Wait. Yes, sir. We'll have you. We'll make sure that uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get you connected with Brandon Dumas, um, you know, so we can we can uh, finalize some things. But as soon as uh, the people say we can go back outside and play, man, uh, we'll have you at the front. Hopefully, God willing, man, uh, the front end of the semester, because I think it's really important. And we had some some uh, processes that were uh, stopped because of uh the process of uh this mm -hmm. COVID nineteen. Um yeah, a couple schools have dealt with that. Yeah. And and it may change. And and, and to be real with you, I'm actually looking at uh maybe doing some digital stuff too, if um, you know, looking at some digital education models. And there's some tools out there, but I'm thinking about creating a new one to adapt to this COVID nineteen um era that we're in and to your point, we don't know when it's going to end. Yeah, and you know, I would, I would uh, tell you, brother, you you better do it because somebody else is thinking about it, and the first person that does it wins. You know what I mean? Uh, 
Oh, um, I got you. I got you. <laughs> you better go ahead and do that. I just, I'll, I'll never forget a brother who helped us with health, and uh, I was really excited. He gave me a check, and um, he said to me, he said, "Man, you're not the first person who thought about something like this. <laughs> he said, but you're the first person who went through with it." So I, I always try to get people to understand, like, yo, you, you, your, your ingenuity and brilliance is not in the, the actual thought. It is in, mm-hmm. you know, the follow through. Um, but yeah, no, no need to tell you that, my brother who has wrote books and chapters and been all over the world. So I just, you know, since you're putting it out here, people might take your idea. Uh, since oh, it's well, trust me, I, I wouldn't put it out there if I if, if it's if already half baked, right? In about two days, yeah. that's the only reason I'm exactly. it. <laughs> it's already it's already out there, my man. Oh yeah, my yeah, man. We're, we're already together. You Jason, know, uh, it, 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 go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say one 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 thing as we talk about that that's real important in, in the book is investigating. Um, and there's a brother at uh, Coppin State University, Dr. Mm-hmm. Michael Freeman, uh, an Omega man, mm-hmm. uh, one of my big brothers in this business. When I became a vice president at Fisk University, he was the first person to call me. He was at Tennessee State. He said, hey, brother, he said, anything I can do. And I said, man, you don't tell people like me stuff like that because I'm going to call I'm you. Call I you. called him about two That's days right. later, right? And um, but, but, but Dr. Freeman, real good friend, real good brother, solid Omega man. Yeah. And he wrote a piece, an effective practice piece in the book on investigating allegations of hating. Um, and I really encourage folks to check that out. And you referred to him when you mentioned Consider the Source. That mm-hmm. was Dr. Freeman's mm-hmm. work. And as you think about this concept, you know, he says start immediately, keep the accused close, but not too close. Too close, yeah. Uh, uh, communicate appropriately, issue a final report. Um, and there's some other things to think about. And he really gives some really detailed insights into investigating the process because often we don't resource ourselves well enough. And when I say we, I mean HBCUs. Universities in general don't often as well. But what you'll find in the number of PWIs is they'll have either a system with legal counsel Mm -hmm. or they may have two or three legal counsel. Well, oftentimes at HBCUs, we may have a legal counsel who's handling athletics, university business. Everything. Oftentimes, their secretary of the board, mm-hmm. their day-to-day stuff. And so one of the things he talks about is the resource aspect of managing investigations. And, and I asked Doc to do that because he, he's done it so well over the years. He's really, really good at this stuff. And so um, and we, we, took, we, we took our – because I was going to write it because I've done a number of them. I said, you know, let me hit up Doc. And it was important to me to have that voice from Dr. Freeman and also because he's at an HBCU, because I don't want our institutions to feel like, oh, well, we can't do it right. Yes, we can. Mm-hmm. We absolutely can. We're all under-resourced we on this stuff, but yeah. we can and we do. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that I put that in the universe. And, and that's why throughout the book, you have so many folks from HBCUs yeah. that are lending their voice to this because it's important to me. Because as I said in the beginning, my formative years were the 10 years I spent at Fisk University and learned so much Mm -hmm. about the business of higher education. And as we deal with this stuff, I'm going to tell you this. If we're going to save lives, if we're going to change lives, if we're going to make this thing stop, we have to get it right first. Mm -hmm. Higher education is an, an interesting space. It's in an interesting space right now. But where HBCUs go, when HBCUs started taking black folks and, and educating folks and creating teachers and doctors and lawyers, mm-hmm. you know, 
it was years before higher education caught up and said, oh, well, wait a minute, diversity is fashionable. <laughs> now we're just going to out-resource and we're going to buy the challenges kids. We're going to, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to scholarship the valedictorian. Yeah, so HBCUs, their missions change. So now you have HBCUs who still get top students, but also many who now educate, you know, at, at another level where, where, where it's about access now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now, once again, you see higher ed. It's like, oh, now everyone's on the access mission. But yeah. HBCUs have been there. Even when I hear this stuff about basic needs, mm-hmm. you know, so there's new research on basic needs. HBCUs have been doing basic needs research and basic needs work Absolutely. in food pantries and helping students. And and now it's fashionable. Mm-hmm. So now everyone's talking about it. And- so I, I, I just want to say that I believe that in the area of hazing and making this stop, mm-hmm. if it ever stops, I don't believe it will, mm-hmm. but at least if we can slow it, if we can chill it, and if we can save some lives, yeah. when HBCUs get this right, other universities we'll will follow. follow. You know, one, one more I'd like to add to that is intrusive advisement. We, we've been doing that. We've been snatching folks out of their rooms uh, from day one. Uh, you ain't come to mm-hmm. class. We, yeah, yeah. Where, where is Johnny? Mm-hmm. Let's go get Johnny. Mm-hmm. I know exactly where mm-hmm. he is. And while we're walking from the dorm to the classroom, we're going to call your mama. Um, intrusive advisement, <laughs> advisement has been going on since the inception of, mm-hmm. of uh, HBCUs. And so it's, it, you know, for me, it's always, I can go on with a variety of different things, but you know, cultural capital here is rich and there are those who would want us to believe that it is less than. And we know those of us who, who labor uh, and have labored in the vineyard, this precious vineyard, um, we know that it's rich here, man. What's your, what's your final thoughts, man? Uh, well, first of all, just, just to be clear, I am grateful to you, uh, Dr. Felton, for inviting me on. Thank I, you. I appreciate for you reaching out, bro. You, you know, I think it's it's cool to tell everybody too. Like we we have never met each other, didn't know each other bef- from this point. I think I've heard of you before because I like the student affairs space, and so I, I, your name is pretty uh, special in that space. But I saw your book, Dewan Warmack had a cover of, and I thought, hmm, interesting. Reached out to you, and you responded just that quick. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yeah. So, so again, thank you. And, and once again, you know, Kappa Dr. Warmack coming through. And mm-hmm. Juan Warmack, solid brother. You know, great, 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 great worker. Solid brother. And the other thing is, man, it's a great guy to get to do this work. It mm-hmm. is not me. I grew up on a tobacco farm in Guthrie, Kentucky, man. I want to be real with you. It is not me. It is God's grace to to do this work and, and to still be in this in this space to do this work and, and to stand on the shoulders of the people I'm standing on with this publication. Um, and, and at the end of the day, what are we trying to accomplish here? We are trying to create a space where universities can continue to exist and where fraternities and sororities can continue to exist. But there's a big challenge and that's a big but. And that challenge is at the end of the day, we are faced with a phenomena that has had such a rich history, particularly in the lives of black people in the fraternity and sorority culture. It's been perverted. It's become way too dangerous. And we have a choice to make. We have a simple choice to make. Is perpetuating this violence, this harm, this foolishness, is it worth it? Is it worth the life of your son? Is it worth the life of your daughter? Is it worth it? 
do you really want to be the person to receive that phone call? And are you woman enough or man enough or person enough to make that phone call and say, yeah, yeah, I, I, they got hurt. They did. But it's okay. They got hurt. It's okay, though, because my chapter, these letters are bigger than their lives. Mm. So everything rests on that that value versus tradition paradigm. I'm going to read this from the book real quick. By implementing the appropriate policy levers, practical applications, and recommended strategies, educators and practice can foster campus environments that empower members of the fraternal system to understand their role in eliminating hazing, which could lead to the prevention of practices and traditions that lead to unsafe rituals, dismantle the willingness to silently participate in those rituals, and ultimately save the lives of our students. If we're going to change anything, mm. we have to kill the silence. Man. That silence has killed our people in way too many spheres for way too long. It's crazy enough to fight racism. It's crazy enough to fight discrimination, other forms of brutality that hit our people and our community. So are we really going to sit here and say that the tradition over some letters <laughs> and over some T-shirts now, I understand if you want to say, yo, this is so much more. It is. I love a I love a I love them so much I'm financial. <laughs> it <laughs> is, but it ain't. Right now. It is, but you it ain't. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But it ain't worth. Mm-hmm. Is it worth another life? Don't tell me Black Lives Matter and then you're trying to hate somebody. Mm-hmm. It don't work that way. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me, oh, yeah, you know, I'm willing to do this for my people but you're trying to beat a person down in the name of some letters. At the end of the day, I love my frats. I love fraternal and sorority life. I do, I do, I do, but not enough to put one of my five children's children at risk or put someone else's child at risk. At the end of the day, that's the choice we have. It's life or it's tradition. What are you going to choose? My man, my man. Thank you very much uh, to Jason L. Merriweather the vice president for enrollment management at Humboldt State University out in California, correct, brother? Northern California. Northern California. Hey, man, it's been a pleasure um, having you. I appreciate uh, the insight and to really have a spirit of excellence in tackling something that has plagued our space uh, and the world of higher education for some time. This is Herman Felton, one of the founders of the Higher Education Leadership Foundation. And uh, we want to thank you for spending time with us on our podcast, Four Thoughts of Our Founders. Again, I'm so grateful to Jason. If you get an opportunity to find this brother and, and Jason, why don't you just share with them one more time your contact information, brother? Oh, thank you so much. Uh, Jason L. Merriweather dot com. J-A-S-O-N-L-M-E-R-I-W-E-T-H-E-R at Hotmail or dot uh, com. Jason L. Merriweather dot com. And my uh, email address is alpha PhD at Yahoo dot com. Please reach out. Send me a message. I'm on Instagram, too, at alpha PhD. Hit me up. Uh, we look forward to uh, serving your campus and providing some resources. And even if it's not about that, let's just have a conversation. I'm just trying to see lives saved. Boom. That's what we needed. 
Thank you, brother. We wish you uh, blessings to you and your family, uh, your campus community, and uh, those who you are serving. We appreciate you, man. Hey, thank you. Thank Peace. you for having me, Dr. Felton. Appreciate you, bro. God bless, man. God bless.